Hello, everyone. I guess uh, I should thank you and welcome you to our call tonight. Why don't I introduce myself? My name is Dr. Frank Painter, and I'm a chiropractor from LaGrange, Illinois. I'm also the editor of the HealthQuest newsletter, which is available by subscription through the front runners. Dr. Bruce Miller started HealthQuest 35 years ago as the first science-based sales aid that was available to the Shackley field. And when Bruce decided to re retire in 2006, he asked me to take over the newsletter, so I've been producing it for the last 13 years. Now, our upcoming November HealthQuest reviews four different Shackley Gem products, the amazing hand and body lotion, the delicious performance physique, and two real lifesavers, Sol Palmetto Complex and Menopause Balance Complex. So what do you say we get started on our call tonight, which is titled, Saving, Saying Adios to Colds and Flu? Let me take a quick shot of water here. Cold and flu season always seems to return with a vengeance, and it wreaks havoc between November and April. According to the CDC, or Center for Disease Control, the highest incidence of flu occurs between January and March, which just happens to be right after we've celebrated four different holidays that are saturated with fatty foods and sugar and alcohol-laden drinks. That's why this time of year is the perfect time to review the Shackley products that we can use for an all-natural prevention and treatment program. But first, let's review the medical promotion of the flu vaccine and then the scientific literature that clearly demonstrates how ineffective they really are. First off, I'd like to welcome you to flu vaccination hysteria. The American College of Physicians, along with the American Society of Internal Medicine, made a joint statement before Congress in 2001 stating that influenza was responsible for 20,000 deaths per year. By 2004, their website was raving that influenza was the sixth leading cause of death for older Americans, causing 300,000 hospitalizations and killing between 30 to 40,000 Americans every year. I don't know about you, but now I'm quaking in my shoes. Unfortunately, that statement is the very definition of the word hyperbole. We're not going to dwell on the massive income that flu vaccinations generate in medical offices or the billions raked in from those $29 flu shots down at Walgreens, but we will focus on the facts. One of the major responsibilities of the Center for Disease Control down in Atlanta, better known as the Center for Disease Control, is compiling yearly death rates, categorizing every death by its cause. Their statistics revealed that in 2002, the actual number of deaths attributed to influenza was 753. And these tables are all available online, and I'll tell you the name of them shortly. All the remaining deaths that they quote were actually caused by pneumonia. And virtually all of those pneumonia deaths occurred in individuals who are over the age of 75 
who already had pre-existing serious health conditions and were complicated by having weakened immune systems. Now, unfortunately, the diagnostic codes that classify disease, known as the ICD-9 and ICD-10 codes, lump flu and pneumonia together in the same subsection. Now, that could have been why the APC made their glaring mistake, but I seriously doubt it because those people sit on the boards that design the ICD or International Classification of Disease Boards. So this is directly from the 2002 statement. Uh, they list under diseases influenza and pneumonia together, and they list 65,984 deaths. However, influenza only contributed to 753 of them, whereas pneumonia killed 65,231 people. Now, looking at the flu deaths from an alternative perspective, during that same year of 2002, when 753 people died from flu complications, almost 3,500 Americans died from malnutrition. That's 13 times as many people as died of flu. So isn't it a shame that we don't immunize people for starvation? Now, one of the subscribers to my new newsletter asked me why I was quoting 2002 statistics. Why not quote more recent numbers? Well, that's because the CDC report, which is titled the National Vital Statistics Report, Deaths, Preliminary Data for a Given Year, uh, that was quoted above, has since discontinued breaking down the death rates for influenza and pneumonia, into two separate categories. So they're all lumped together without identifying the number of deaths caused solely by the flu. Now my suspicion is that the vaccine industry fixes in and that the CDC or their administration betters have now made it impossible for CDC researchers like Lone Simonson PhD to continue to rattle their chain as you will soon hear. So let's look a little closer at the flu vaccine itself. Researchers at the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, which is one of the 21 research departments established at the National Institute for Health, or NIH, decided to review flu death rates over a 33-year time period. Now, they reviewed the statistics between 1968 and 2001 and the results were then published in 2005 in the prestigious Archives of Internal Medicine Journal. And what those statistics revealed was that there had been absolutely no reduction whatsoever in death rates between 1980 when 20 million people got a flu shot and the recent year when 80 million people got the same immunization. So what else could they conclude but that flu shots were having no impact on reducing deaths from flu complications in people over the age of 65, which is, in fact, exactly what they were screaming about to Congress the year before. So flu shots seem to be failing to achieve their major objective, which is saving lives. Now let's talk a little bit about the cold virus. According to NIH, the common cold is one of the leading causes for doctor visits in the United States. 
Now, they estimate that 62 million people, 62 million cases of the common cold occur every year, causing about 20 million lost school days and 22 million lost work days. And that's a lot of lost time. Their statistics also state that the average child contracts between three to six colds per year, while the average adult suffers from either two or three. Now, a virus is a strange duck. They consist solely of genetic material, either RNA or DNA, surrounded by a protective capsule. And that makes them unique because they lack almost all the characteristics that we use to define a living organism. They don't eat, they don't breathe, and they can't multiply by themselves. Basically, they're cellular parasites. Unfortunately, they do mutate periodically, causing new strains which may either be weaker or more virulent than their parent virus. We'll revisit that shortly. So how do we fight viruses? The body's immune system detects a viral infection and begins to respond in a generic fashion with a process called RNA interference. And that's crucial to fighting viruses because it degrades the virus's genetic material, enabling hijacked cells, in other words, cells that have been attacked by a virus, to produce uh, and survive the infection. Now, after that, our immune system produces a specific antibody that then binds to the virus, making it non-infectious. Then T cells are sent to destroy the virus. Now, understanding that process really encourages us to explore a holistic method for strengthening our natural immune response. So let's talk a little bit more about building natural immunity. The United States Department of Agriculture suggests that more than 50% of Americans are deficient in the following immune-related nutrients, including vitamin A, C, E, and three of the B vitamins, B6, B12, and folic acid. Additionally, about three-quarters of us don't get enough zinc in our diet. Now, part of this is partly due to poor dietary choices and partly because of how we grow and prepare our foods. That's why we need to pay close attention to a randomized trial published in the Journal of the American Medical Association because it demonstrated that even a simple nutritional supplementation program taking just a high-quality vitamin E supplement would dramatically increase immune function, specifically T-cell-mediated immune function in elderly people, in other words, those over the age of 65. Now, a previous issue of the newsletter discussed the internal or cell-mediated immune system in depth. And the important takeaway from that review is that robust immune function is completely dependent on a constant supply of vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants in our bloodstream all the time. We also learned that diets high in cholesterol or lives filled with chronic stress can also depress our immune system. So that's why a diet rich in fruits and vegetables and boosted by a sensible supplementation regimen can support immune function, thereby reducing the incidence of infections in the short term and the onset of chronic disease in the long term.
<laughs> now, the statistics from Shackley's landmark study published in 2007 and the NHANES database provide irrefutable evidence that people who use Shackley supplements maintain better overall health. And they also experience the lowest incidence of all the diseases of aging, which include heart disease, cancer, stroke, pulmonary disease, which of course includes pneumonia, and stroke. Those are the top five killers of everyone above the age of 55. Now the cold, dry air of winter imposes significant stress on our external immune system because it dries out and thins our mucous membrane barrier. Now during that same time period, we're celebrating four holidays that involve foods loaded with sugar and fat and are accompanied by oceans of either sweetened drinks or alcohol. Now these three food groups, sugar, fat, and alcohol, also weaken our internal or cellular immune system. Now, partly by suppressing immune cell function, fat, and also by depleting important immune nutrients that need to be diverted to help us metabolize and excrete sugar and alcohol. So it's that combination of nutrient loss, along with the thinning of our mucus barriers, which is why the winter months generate the highest incidence of colds and flus. Does that make sense? Yes. So let's talk a little bit about the sugar disaster. Although processed white sugar has been added to prepared foods since the canning first began after Napoleon marched off to war in the late 1700s, uh, its use as a preservative has long since been eclipsed by its use as a primary flavor enhancer. In the last three decades, there's been a dramatic shift towards using high fructose corn syrup because farm subsidies now make it less expensive than using table sugar. Now, according to the Department of Agriculture, the average American consumes 142 pounds of sugar every year. And they also consume an additional 61 pounds of high, fruct high fructose corn syrup. That adds up to a total of 203 pounds of sugar per person per year. Now, I know personally I'm not using that much sugar, so that means somebody out there is using more than 203 pounds. Now, if we compare that with the average vegetable and fruit intake per year, a very disturbing picture emerges. From a statistical report published in 2003, the average American only ate 1.3 pounds of asparagus. They also ate 8 pounds of bell peppers. Personally, I like the orange ones. 8 pounds of broccoli, 12 pounds of carrots, 6 pounds of celery, 3 pounds of green peas, 10 pounds of dark lettuce, 27 pounds of melons, and that includes all types, only four pounds of mushrooms, which I'm horrified. I go through four pounds a month. 21 pounds of onions, and I'm all in favor of that. And 19 pounds of fresh tomatoes. Now, all combined, that only adds up to 126 pounds of produce, which is 77 pounds less than the total weight of the sugar they're consuming. So I imagine you can see the problem. 
Now, if we also factor in the 91 pounds of French fries eaten by every American, it becomes quite apparent, at least by weight, that more than half of the average American diet consists of non-nutritious and useless calories. Now, research back in the 1970s first demonstrated that sugar has a depressing effect on neutrophils, which are the most common white blood cell. Now, a pioneering study at Loma Linda University revealed that various forms of sugar, which includes glucose, fructose, sucrose, and honey, all dramatically decreased the capacity of neutrophils to first engulf and then destroy bacteria or viruses. That's why our high sugar intake is a disaster in the making, because killing bacteria because besides killing bacteria, neutrophils are also the first step in the immune process that leads to the production of antibodies. Now, antibodies are what I call our ace in the hole, particularly the next time you're exposed to a given germ or virus that you were exposed to in the past. Now, if you neutrophils are asleep on the job, enjoying that last soda or energy drink that you chugged, you're much less likely to produce antibodies for the next time you're exposed to that same germ or virus. No immunity, no antibodies, equals getting the same illness over and over. Besides depressing immune function, sugar also depletes important nutrients, including all eight of the B vitamins. Then that's because we need them to help metabolize and to break down sugar and alcohol. Now, this is very significant because low levels of the B vitamins are also associated with the onset of metabolic syndrome, diabetes, kidney disease, and disrupted blood sugar management. Worse, high fructose corn syrup actually attaches to cellular proteins in a process called glycation. And that causes those proteins to malfunction in our cells. And the resulting advanced glycation end product, better known as aged proteins, are associated with the onset of diabetes, while they also reduce cell function, can lead to cell death, and are also associated with the onset of many age-related diseases, in particular Alzheimer's. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand we do need to have sugar in our bloodstream at all times to help fuel our muscles and our brain. However, that sugar should be sourced from foods with a low glycemic index. Now, the glycemic index is a measure of how quickly and over what period of time that a particular food will release its sugar into your bloodstream. A low GI food is ideal because it releases small amounts of sugar over a prolonged period of time. That's why Shackley's various soy products with a GI index in the mid-30s is preferable to a bag of french fries with a GI score of 75. You get the drift? Now you can refer to online uh, glycemic index charts to look at all your favorite fruits and vegetables and grains to help make healthier dietary choices about what you're putting into your stomach. Does that mean you should never touch a high glycemic food? No, 
but it does mean that you want to eat a very small portion of it so that you don't flood your bloodstream. So let's talk about dietary fats and inflammation. A diet high in meat, grains, fats, or sugar is also pro-inflammatory in nature. And this is a problem because chronic inflammation is a precursor to many diseases. Now, a Shackley-funded, randomized, placebo-controlled clinical study performed at the State University of New York at Buffalo demonstrated how dietary fats contribute to inflammation. The blood testing of participants revealed an immediate suppression of a key genetic molecule called NERF2 immediately after eating a fast food, high-fat breakfast, like what I call the Burger King breakfast. Now, NERF2 also happens to be the coordinator of antioxidant protection within every cell of your body. Now, I don't know if any of you saw the Oscar-nominated movie Supersize Me, but if you did, you'll recall how quickly Morgan Spurlock's health declined during the month that he lived on fast food. Now, in part, this was because... uh, Excuse me. In part, this is because suppression of the NERF2 gene. NERF2 also helps to manage phase 2 detoxification within your liver. And that's key because phase 2 detox enables your body to excrete xenobiotics or compounds like drugs and other toxic chemicals that phase 1 detox is unable to eliminate. Now, another recent study by neurologists at the Oregon Health and Science University revealed that diets high in trans fats led to shrinkage of the brain tissue and also reductions in cognitive function. They also demonstrated that the diets that are highest in the B vitamins, vitamin C, D, and E, and omega-3 fatty acids were also the most protective for mental function in older individuals. So enough of all that science stuff. Let's talk about Shackley's immune builders. So the top of the heap is Shackley's Nutriferon, which was developed and then extensively tested by the world-renowned immunologist Dr. Kojima. It's a proprietary blend of natural plant extracts that support and stimulate immune function by increasing the activity of our macrophages or white blood cells and also induces the natural interferon production. It also optimizes our body's immune response against viruses and a variety of other environmental irritants and airborne substances that are associated with the onset of either allergies or asthma. Now, another Shackley-funded study by Dr. Ann Moscona, who's America's foremost virologist from Cornell University, demonstrated that neutrophilin stimulates natural killer cell activity, particularly during viral attacks. And they do so by activating a gene that codes for their activation, signaling, and proliferation. Now, Shackley has funded many other basic science research projects like this that help to elucidate how and why nutrients help to build natural immunity. Now, the next group of products we want to discuss include Vitaly, Vitalizer, and the Life Strap. 
Back in 1956, Dr. Shackley told all of us that a high-quality multivitamin is the core of any basic nutrition regimen because it helps to fill in the gaps in our daily diet. Now, the new Vitalizer and LifeStrip both contain more than 80 optimized nutrients, including an amazing 26 different antioxidants to counteract cellular free radical damage while also supercharging immune function. Now, Vitalizer also contains the triple-layer Optiflora Pearl, and it provides friendly bacteria that help to strengthen internal immunity while also inhibiting viral transport through the intestinal membrane. Now, LifeStrip also contains additional Omega Guard to help fight against inflammation and a daily dose of the Vivix Liquid Gel to help boost our immunity and to provide additional anti-aging properties. Now, if you're on a budget, you can certainly turn to Vital E and the following separate nutrients. So the first thing is a Shackley's flagship Vital E multivitamin. It's the most complete basic multivitamin uh, that's available anywhere. It contains all 23 essential vitamins and minerals, including high levels of the immune-building beta-carotene, vitamin C, vitamin E, and selenium. Now, for those of you who choose to take Vital E, you may also want to adopt some of the following antioxidants for additional immune protection. The next big one we want to review is sustained-release vitamin C. It was actually the first sustained-release vitamin ever produced. And what it does is provide continuous antioxidant protection against environmental insults. And it's also a, a, an all-natural formula that solely releases vitamin C into your bloodstream over a five-hour period. And that was the first vitamin to do so. The next product we want to discuss is Vita-E Complex. Now, vitamin E and selenium are both very powerful antioxidants that strengthen immune response, particularly in the elderly. You remember we mentioned a Shackley-funded study earlier. The next product is Carotamax, which contains all the carotenoids found in 714 apricots, 285 pink grapefruits, and 80 servings of raspberries, all in one convenient capsule. The next product is Flavomax. Now just imagine swallowing a variety of powerful flavonoids derived from 10 servings of cherries, 31 servings of blueberries, 13 whole limes, and 26 servings of red cabbage, all in one capsule. Wow. Now the original Optiflora and the new Optiflora DI both help to replenish beneficial intestinal bacteria that may have been damaged either by antibiotic use or chronic low fiber intake or, you know, excessive alcohol intake. Now, these helpful bacteria have been shown to inhibit viral transfer across the intestinal membrane, which then protects us, of course, against infection. And finally, there's something every home on the planet should have in reserve when any new virus comes around, and I refer to it as the natural medicine cabinet. Now, as I mentioned earlier, when viruses mutate, they become more resistant to our antibodies. 
And this is why you need to resort to the natural medicine cabinet. Now, the two products I'm going to talk about now are not something you need to take every day. And in fact, defend and resist complex, you should only take it when you think you're getting sick. And you know that feeling. Your nose starts to itch, and then your throat gets a little scratchy, and your eyes start watering. That's what we call the prodromal uh, symptoms that happen before you become full blast you know, either sick with a cold or sick with a virus where you start getting feverish and achy. So the prodromal onset is the watery eyes, the itchy nose. That's when you need to hammer these things. So Defend and Resist contains echinacea, which is one of the most closely studied herbs used in the United States and Europe. It activates our immune system by promoting production of white blood cells, while also enhancing natural resistance to viral and bacterial infections. And it's also very powerful anti-inflammatory. Defend and Resist also contains elderberry and larch tree extracts, which help to engulf viruses, preventing their reproduction. Defend and Resist is particularly effective when it's taken right at the onset of any new cold or virus. Then you want to combine Defend and Resist with Garlic Complex. Now, garlic has traditionally been used because of its antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, and anti-inflammatory properties. Now, people often take it to reduce symptoms of allergy, asthma, colds, flus, sinus, and yeast infections, and also diarrhea. It also provides heart protective properties by lowering your cholesterol and your blood pressure levels. Now, we previously reviewed the sustained release vitamin C, but when you feel the onset of a cold or flu, the, these three Shackley products can help you to either halt or reduce the symptoms and duration of that infection if you're exposed to a, a totally new virus that you don't have any antibodies for. So what you want to do, as I stressed earlier, is you really need to take these at the very first sign of onset. Now, I'm a doctor of chiropractic, and I have people marching in and out of my office every day. And so every winter, I'm always exposed to people who already have colds and flu. In the last 23 years, I've almost every year felt the onset of something. And so I took the three products, Defend and Resist, Garlic, and the Sustained Release Vita C, and usually on day two, when I'd wake up, I felt fine, and so I'd stop taking them. Two times, I felt crappy the second day, and so I took it again, and only one time did I end up in bed for a day, and that the next day I got up and I'm fine. So a total of three days that I took it. But in the last 23 years, only that one time did I actually have to resort to going to bed. So that shows you how powerful these things are because, you know, the average cold lasts seven days and the average flu lasts about seven or eight days. So being ill or in bed for one day instead of being out of, you know, contact for a week, big difference. <clears throat> so the traditional prescription includes taking six tablets of Defend and Resist, and you can also make a delicious tea with it. You also want to take three tablets of garlic complex, 
and three of the sustained release vitamin C, but you want to take it every four hours on that first day. And as I mentioned, occasionally you might actually need to resort to taking that regimen again on day two. But in 23 years, I've only had to go to day three one time. And otherwise, I've been cold and flu-free 23 years. I just turned 71, so I consider that pretty impressive. So in summation, a sound nutritional program helps to prevent most viral infections. When you do succumb to a new or a mutated virus, the natural medicine cabinet will help you to recover faster. And you can always rely on Shackley potency and purity to help protect your family. So that concludes our talk. Let me see, time-wise, yeah, we ran a little long this time. It's 8.16. So if anybody has a question, you want to hit star six one time, and that will unmute you. So is there someone there to ask a yes. question? Yes, Hello. I have a question. Hi. Why don't um, you tell us who you are and where you're located? My name is Linda Coker from Tucson, Arizona. Hi, Linda. Hi. Um, I have a hip pain on my body, and I'd like to know what um, I can do for it. I've been to my doctor, and they've given me medication, but I need to know what I can do other than that. So you're saying you have a pain in your hip? Yes. Well, if they didn't take x-rays, if they didn't take, uh, they did? Yes. And what did they say when they looked at the x-rays? They said like this, that uh, my um, right hip area has pain, that's what they said. Well, you can't see pain on an x-ray. You can see the space between the, the joints. In other words, where one bone ends and the next bone begins. Yeah. And usually in between those bones, you'll see a space where there's cartilage. And most people, uh, when you develop arthritic pain, is because the cartilage starts to degenerate. The bones get closer and closer together until eventually they're rubbing against each other. And then that causes a lot of pain because the joint capsule becomes inflamed. So did they notice any reduction in the joint space? Yes, arthritis. Right. Okay, well, Shackley has a number of products that are specifically designed for that. The first thing is you want to consider is joint health complex, which actually helps to regenerate cartilage if you've still got enough cartilage in the joint to regenerate. They also have a, a separate product called Pain Relief Complex, which contains a number of uh, herbal substances. I don't have the list right in front of me that also are very effective for reducing joint pain and are much safer than what your medical doctor would recommend, which are traditionally non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, whether it's Aleve or there's a whole bunch of named products out there. But those things 
although they reduce pain, they're also uh, very harsh on your kidney, liver, and on your stomach, lining of your stomach. So I'm a big fan of avoiding NSAIDs or non-steroidals. So those... Well, you know, early on, because chiropractors are the largest healing profession in this country that do not use drugs and do not use surgery by choice. You know, I could have gone to medical school. It was the same amount of time in school. But, you know, I think that there are natural ways that you can deal with this stuff. So I did a study, and uh, it turns out that people who use NSAIDs end up eroding the lining of their stomach. Then the acid gets a hold of one of the blood vessels and chews that away, and all of a sudden your stomach starts bleeding. If it hits the big enough one, you can then bleed to death. And in fact, uh, about 300,000 people are dragged to the hospital every year because they just pass out. By the time they get them to the hospital and they realize that they have an internal bleed, almost 17,000 of those people end up dying. That's 17,000 people a year dying just from the use of NSAIDs for pain relief. Mm -hmm. Now, considering what it costs to be put in the hospital, imagine if you had to pay for 300,000 people going to the hospital with an internal bleed and all the things that they would have to do to help reduce that. Very expensive. We're talking billions of dollars. So, yes, I'm going to recommend a Shackley product because it's natural, it's not going to harm your stomach, and it's going to have roughly the same effect. A study was done with people with rheumatoid arthritis, who are people who are gobbling NSAIDs every day, and they put half of them on fish oil or omega-3 fatty acids. They had them use that for six months, and every day they wrote down a pain diary. How much pain were they having? What were they taking? And it turned out that the people who were on the omega-3 fatty acids got the same amount of pain relief that the people who were on NSAIDs got. So on top of the pain relief formula and on top of the glucosamine product, the, the joint health complex, you might also need to resort, if you, particularly if you're having excessive pain, that you maybe double or triple your intake of omega guard because it's a very powerful anti-inflammatory. And it's the inflammation that's causing the pain. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Cool. Okay, thank you. My pleasure. I know that was a little off topic since we're talking about colds and flus, but in fact, if somebody can help you understand and sort out what products are best for a particular complaint, that's what we do these calls for. So thank you. That was an excellent question. Thank you. Okay, so we've got about another five minutes before we want to sh shut down the recording. So any other questions? Star six, one time, will unmute you. Assuming you've got a touchstone phone. Dr. Painter, this is Ethel from Pennsylvania. 
Hi, Ethel. How are you tonight? Not bad. Not bad. I'm going to New I'm going to New York City tomorrow. Woo-hoo. Ooh, wow. Vacation time. Good for you. Gonna, vi- gonna visit family and have a barbecue and have a good time. Good for you. Um, I have someone that they're OCD, and it's a, a young fella. Uh, I have a program worked up for him, but I was wondering what you would think that he should start with. OCD. Tell me more about that. Uh, it's anxiety. Okay. Yes, anxiety. Yeah. Well, you know, we all experience anxiety periodically, so the first thing I'd want to know is what's causing the person to be anxious, what kind of social situations they're in. You know, is this a kid or somebody who's working? Uh, He's working part-time, what he can, but he's about uh, 17. Okay. Yeah, so, the you know, kids also have other things that make them anxious, particularly peer pressure, you know, are you cool or are you uncool? So the first thing I would think of that would be beneficial for a child who is experiencing anxiety would be a stress relief complex. That's what I thought, too. If he's he's experiencing any kind of depression, like if he has moods and that kind of thing, then he might also want to try mood lift. That was it, too, yeah. Oh, good for you. You're way ahead of the curve. Well done. Thank you. And he's a diabetic, so I thought he should start on the protein and the vitalia because they don't have much money, but they're willing to do things like this. And I even thought the B-complex would be very helpful. Yeah, B-complex is huge. Right. The uh, the nice thing, even vitalia does have a uh, significant dose of all the nutrients that helped us to maintain proper blood sugar. Right. Now, putting him on a protein, he would be getting a good energy source that was very low glycemic index, which would also help to pull down his sugar levels. And some days... Then if he's... I'm sorry? Go ahead. I was going to say some days, like yesterday, his dad called tonight, and all we wanted to do is stay in bed. So I said he's probably severely dehydrated, too. Well, getting into bed sounds depressed to me. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's the natural place to escape to, your room, your bed. I mean, those are the places that are supposed to be sacred, right? Right. So, yeah, I would think the mood lift might be a good place to start. Okay. Then if if he really does have sugar problems, then you would consider the glucose regulation complex. But I would start with, you know, stress relief and the mood lift. The mood lift, particularly if he's heading to the mattresses, it sounds like mood lift will help pick him up. So I would start with the stress release because that's not a, a super expensive product. Right. And I also I thought that uh, we'd talk to him about their diet, his diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, uh, generally when I meet with a new person, I, I do what I call the blank paper approach. I sit down and I let them empty their bucket, talk about all the things that are going on for them, and then little by little we'll start to draw them out with, you know, how many donuts a day are you eating? Do you drink soda? You know, 
tell me, are you using sweet and fruit juices? What kinds of Because food is a big stroke, isn't it? Right. If things are upsetting, food is a natural place where you can get a good feeling immediately. And so some people actually abuse food as a way to titrate their emotions. So you need to draw that out. They're not going to tell you, by the way, I'm, I'm a food abuser. <laughs> Nobody thinks like that, except Shackley people, right? Right. So you want to you want to find out, you know, what are his normal habits when he feels pressured? What kinds of foods will he eat to try and make himself feel better? And often it's you know high carbohydrate, high glycemic foods. That makes sense. Well, you know, like I like I said earlier in the talk. High glycemic foods like French fries, it's not criminal to eat a French fry, but you don't want to eat a big bag of them because all you're going to get is, a, that's like eating a, a, two Snickers bars. You know, it's yeah. just going to flood your system with sugar. You're going to get that, you know, little push, and then all of a sudden you're going to hit the valley of depression because it doesn't last. And it plays havoc on your immune system because you ramp up your uh uh, you know, your insulin levels to compensate for the sugar, and that puts a tremendous strain on your whole digestive tract as well as your mind and spirit. And also his mother wanted to know about the new DI, if that would be helpful to him, and I said, I, I absolutely think so. Well, uh, you know, certainly, uh, especially if this kid has been exposed to antibiotics in the past, we know that the microbiota of our intestines has a huge impact on our emotional state as well as, you know, our digestive ability. But if they have a really limited amount of money that they can spend in a, any given period, I would want to address the stress first, right. then address the, you know, depression, you know, going to the bed. You know, that sounds pretty depressed. And then, yes, you know, little by little, if he picks himself up a little bit, then you can start introducing a multivitamin, start introducing the, you know, specific uh, targeted solutions for any other problems that he has. And as the kid brightens up, I think the parents will realize, hey, it's worth the money to help Junior get over the hump because he's almost at the age where he's getting ready to hit the job market permanently. Right. And, you know, if if you're staying home in bed instead of going to your job, it's going to be really hard to hold a job. <laughs> you know, that's not funny, but, you know, sometimes the sad truth is amusing because the only other option is to cry. Right. Yeah. I appreciate that help, and I want you to have a wonderful vacation in New York City and with your family because you deserve it. We well, really, thank you, my dear. We really appreciate what you do for us. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's that's the nicest thing I've heard all day. Well, I'm glad I was here to say that to you. I love it. Okay, kids, it's it's now 8.31 or almost pushing 8.32, so we've got a 45-minute talk going or almost 50 minutes, so I think we really need to shut her down for the evening. I want to thank everybody for joining me on the call, and I, I hope you found it of value. And uh, I look forward to hearing all of you again in the near future when we do more calls.